Oh, by the way. Did you get that? Yeah, what was that? It's uh, crushed ice and vodka. I didn't have time to didn't have time to break me up and and piece of neat ice. I really, really, really wanted to mix a drink today, but I Go didn't do have enough time. I didn't have enough time. How long it's going to take me like it took me like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, see, thing. another reason why the old fashions are up. I love you. Well, like, the the majority of time is in the breaking of the ice. It's not the mixing of the drink. Fair enough. Fine, fine. Take some time to break the ice, you know? Oh, you know what the pro tip on this is? Let it sit for five minutes. Set like a microwave timer or, you know, a timer on your watch for five minutes and then break it and it breaks apart no sweat. Oh, I know that. But, like, I have to wait the five minutes for the ice to break. Fine. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Because I get the ice out and then I... So I get it out of the mold. Then I prepare the next ice block, put that in the freezer, and then get out all of the other things that I need to make the drink the way that I like it. You know what I need to make my drinks? Ice and vodka. But it's not as nice as my drink. False. It has neat ice in it. It's equally as nice. <laughs> Was, did you make me drink Tito's in uh, House of Shields? I don't recall, but it sounds like something I would do. I think you did, and I think that it was tastier than I expected it would be. I think that's right. But I th- I still think you didn't like it very much. I didn't like it enough that I would go and order one. That's fair. But it was nicer than I expected it to be. There's a joke here, but I'm going to let it go. We should start. Yeah. Because plus that should have all been in the show. Oh, okay. Because it's literally in the follow-up. Oh, okay. You see? Mm-hmm. From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 49. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, Hover, Simplified Domain Management, and Red Hat. Different for the sake of better technology. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by the one and only Mr. Casey Liss. Hello, Mike. How are you? I am very well, sir. How are you today? I am doing well. Happy to be talking to my good friend, Mike Hurley. Oh, you're so kind to me. I try. I try. Um, we should start off with a quick bit of house, housekeeping. Who's keeping? What am I? Canadian housekeeping. Um, we should remind everyone that in just a couple of weeks, I don't remember the day off the top of my head because I am not prepared, um, but in a couple of weeks, we will be doing Mike at the Movies with the 1991 film Rocketeer. Um, it is not available for Netflix, Netflix streaming. I am sorry, but it is available in many other places. So you should go ahead and watch that sometime between now and a couple of weeks from now. It will be the episode that is broadcast on the 2nd of August. You are so much of a professional podcasters. I'm so proud of you. Because next week, for all you live listeners out there, on Tuesday, me and Casey will be recording a double whammy because Casey is going away again. But this time, bother to tell me with (laughs) at least one day's notice. Hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's true, though. Uh, I did kind of drop that bomb on Mike last week, um, and I do, or not last week, last uh, trip, and I feel bad about that, but now I'm a little more prepared. So, yes. So, the first episode will be a normal analog, and the second episode will be Mike at the Movies with Rocketeer. So, if you want to get ahead on everybody else, tune in live next week. Go to relay.fm slash schedule, and you can find the information you need. Excellent. All right. So, we should do some other follow-up. What's going on? 
So uh, this came in from a friend of the show, Mr. John Voorhees, the creator of the great app Blink, the affiliate linking app for iOS. John is a good friend, and that is a great app. If you haven't tried it, you should try it. Um, And John was writing in about uh, your discussion and your feelings about being independent. We had quite a Mm -hmm. bit of feedback about this. I actually think there might be some feedback for the next couple of weeks because there have been some really, really long emails that I haven't gotten to yet. Um, So, you know, we'll get to that. Um, but this came from John, uh, fully, like he's saying, he's addressing you, Casey, fully get your point of view on the day job and the side hustle thing. Um, and, but what John says, what helps him is to think of his day job as basically the finance arm of the side hustle. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. It's just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Like I, I logically, I understand what's being said here, but the problem is when I'm at my day job, particularly if I'm having a crummy day at work, all I think to myself is, why am I here? Why am I here? I don't need to be here. I could make it just on the podcasting money if I was if I was smart about it. Why am I here? And that's the wrong attitude to have. And the, the attitude John has is the right attitude to have. But I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a baby and it's hard for me to have that right attitude. Um, okay. So, okay. You remember I love you, right? Remember, <laughs> yes. Like it's always important for me to tell you that I love you before I say things. Something like that's I'm terrible. To say. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you are in a very privileged position. Oh God, yes. That, that John. No, no, no. You again. You are you are jumping the gun because you think I'm giving you first world problem scenarios. Oh, okay, okay. You are in a very privileged position that John is not in, and that I wasn't in. Uh, and the reason that John is able to reconcile his day job as being like the finance arm for his side hustle is because his side hustle doesn't make him enough money to quit his day job. Right, right. You do not have that. Uh, I wouldn't call that a luxury. No, but like you're, you're, you have a very lucrative side hustle. Yes. Very, yes, very yes, lucrative. Yes. Where like and I'm going to get to my feelings about this in a minute for, for me, but like before Relay became a thing, I didn't have a very lucrative side hustle. Uh, and John John makes money from Blink. I know he does, but I know that he doesn't make uh, the money that he makes from his day job. Sure. Yeah, no, you, so you like, make that is point. like You're kind of, that money is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> no, it really, really is. It really, really is. And like, this was like a thing for me for many years in that I, uh, not many years, I think maybe the last year of my employment at the bank, uh, I came to the realization that I needed to stop thinking about trying to get any kind of promotion or pay increase. Because mm-hmm. if I would have got that, it would have made it longer and harder before I could actually leave my job. Yeah, which is very sweet of you. Every penny I earned more was another penny I had to earn from podcasting. Mm, mm-hmm. So by keeping the salary down, it kept the barrier to leaving down. Well, that's very that's very mature of you. That's a good call. And uh, yeah, now I feel like a big jerk. I'm not I'm not upset at you, but I feel like a big jerk. And you're right. Um, I'm in an extremely privileged position, and and I'm very lucky to be here. Um, and and again, I think John is. Um, John is absolutely right. This is the way, whether I am making $11 billion off podcasts or if I'm making $11 off podcasts, without question, John's attitude is the right attitude. I'm not arguing that at all. Um, it's just that it's hard for me to 
to think of it in that positive way. And I'm trying to be better about that, but it's hard. I don't know. So, so was this your experience when you were at the bank? I mean, you kind of touched on that a second ago, but. Yeah, uh, let me come back to that in just one moment. I just want to react to one thing that you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Before you can come to that positive thinking, mm-hmm. you have to go through really, 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 really bad negative thinking. <laughs> and I don't think you're at that place yet. You can only, or at least i speaking from my own experience, I could only come to that kind of like Zen-like thinking about it before I hit some really, really hard times. Hard times like, in which regard? Like you hated your job that much or... Like emotional, depressive kind of hard times. Hmm. Like it wasn't until I went through that um, that I was able to think about it in a more like pragmatic sense in that it was like, okay, uh, let's think about what this is here. This job is to enable me to do everything else that I love to do. And then I just got angry and sad. I didn't get depressed anymore. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, I, I have half of what you just said. I do think of my day job as enabling me to do the things I actually give a crap about. The problem is, I follow that with, well, why am I even bothering showing up at this day job anymore? And I'm exaggerating a bit. Like, I mean, actually, especially the last week or two, I've, I've, I've had a much better time at my day job than I have in a long time. Um, but, but that being said... I need to stop with the, well, why am I even bothering? Because that's very entitled and very first world problem and very obnoxious of me. And I need to embrace the, you know what? I'm in a very lucky position. I'm in a very lucky place. And I should count my lucky stars that I'm able to 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 balance both and hopefully enable some things for my family that maybe we wouldn't be able to do if either one of those weren't a thing. Yeah. But... Yes, definitely, because that is a very grown-up and adult thing to do. However, that's not how these... <laughs> it's not, because it's like... I saw. I think I saw a, a, somebody tweet about this, something along these lines the other day, or I heard somebody say it, um, but it it's kind of like oh, it was something along the lines of the thing that you know you should do is always the least attractive option because it's the thing that you know you should do. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, the only reason that you know you should do it is because it's the one you want to do the least. Yeah. And so the thing that you should do is stick at your job because of your family. Oh, absolutely. It's but, not what I want to do, but it's what I exactly. should do. And you, the thing that you know you should do, you know you should do it because it's the one you want to do the least. Yep. <laughs> right, you know? So and and that's, just, that's just the way it is. And right now, you staying... Uh, employed because you have a very young son makes the most sense. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. I don't know, but you struggle- even though it's not what I want you to do. <laughs> I told you I'm employee number three, dibs. But uh, in any case, uh, so tell me about how did you handle this when you were at the bank? So as I said, like it for a while, I didn't handle it very well, um, uh, and that was when it was kind of just like after having worked and worked and worked for a couple of years maybe three years or whatever, two, three years. It just didn't really feel like I was getting anywhere. Um, and then I was able to move job into something that was more tolerable and that helped me feel just better about life, which in turn uh, made me feel better about a lot of things because whilst my job was still really, really annoying, it wasn't really, really annoying and not at all like anything I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Which went from 
managing a bank branch and working in the retail network, as they called it, the retail banking network, uh, to moving into marketing. Like, right. With the latter being something akin to where my interests lie, in being creative and thinking, rather than trying to manage people and deal with people telling you about their sick children and why that meant that they couldn't come to work for the first two hours in the morning. Um, mm. It's just just not a thing I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry that people's children are sick and, and that is sad, but it's just not how I want to spend my days listening to people give me their excuses about things. Um, Does that make you worry at all about what the future relay holds? And, and let me kind of build on that before you answer. In a perfect world... I would assume Relay would be a sustainable business for many people, maybe five, maybe 10, maybe 50. And on the assumption that's the case, and you can correct me in a second, does that concern you that you would presumably end up having to do this kind of people management all over again? A couple of things. Very, very good question. So a couple of the reasons that I kind of make the comments that I make in the way that I do is because a lot of the people that would have these excuses are for people that saw their jobs as jobs, not careers. Uh, and the reason is because they, more often than not, they were lying to me, and I knew that they were, because you can just tell, um, mm-hmm. because it, this was a thing that happened every now and then, and it happened on Monday mornings after bank holiday weekends <laughs> or on Tuesdays. Like, you know, it, right. it was just a, you know, you could tell that people were maybe stretching a little bit. Uh, and plus, the these people, I didn't believe them because in some instances because I just knew that they didn't care about their jobs. Right. Uh, as anything other than bringing a paycheck. Like, they didn't see them as careers. They didn't care. So I think that anybody that we ever hire, we will hire a career person mm-hmm. um, who is doing this because it's something that they love or it's something that they're interested in or it's something that they would want to take further one day. The other thing, in an ideal world, like, if we're bringing on people, I'm not going to be the one to manage them. Okay. Like, in an ideal world, because it's just not where my strengths lie. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't like managing people. I don't think I'm very good at it. Um, so you would make Stephen do it, is what I'm hearing. If he wanted to do it, <laughs> or before we hire anyone, we would hire someone who could do this stuff as part of their duties. Hey, buddy. What? Yeah. <laughs> if you can, if you can manage people, I will hire you to manage people. Honestly, all kidding aside, I have wanted to since four or five years ago and nobody's ever trusted me enough to do it, I guess. I mean, I've never done it. So I don't know if it's uh, if you haven't done it, I won't trust you because I thought I wanted to do it. You, you don't know what it's like until you do it. No, that's totally fair. That is absolutely fair, but it sounds enjoyable. It, <laughs> it does. Doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> well, plus it it's, it's a little different. I suspect between a retail bank and you know, a, a white collar career position like you're talking about. It's for all the yeah. reasons you were just describing. You know, I, I suspect for me, my experience would be quite a bit different than yours was. Plus, as well, I was managing people within a corporate structure. Um, so I had to do performance reviews and weekly one to ones and, you know, mm-hmm. all of the forced stuff that nobody actually really wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that made it a little bit different, which might make it very different again if we ever came into a management position. Because Whenever we hire anyone, like there's always, I'm always going to be managing at least that person, mm-hmm. right? Because if we hire someone to manage people, well, then I'm probably going to have to at least that person will report to me or Stephen. Mm-hmm. Like that's just going to be the way that that is. Um, 
But the other thing is, like, I don't know if... I don't ever know if we're going to have to need staff. Well, that yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, you know, let, let's say five or ten years out. doesn't really matter. Do you think you're a team of two or do you think you're a team of 20 or somewhere in the middle? Not in the middle and not anywhere near 20. I think, let's say that we have, like, an assistant of some description uh, for us both. Um maybe someone to help with editing but not not a, a employee or maybe an employee but to help with editing but that person can be relatively self-starting because it's just you just take the files that are there and you edit them uh then you could have a person who is like a sales person advertising right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and again that person will probably work on commission right so you don't t- you tend not to have to worry about those people too much if they're really <laughs> interested in sales. Right. And that would probably be about it. I don't ever imagine us payrolling talent. Okay. Um well I say that, but who knows? I mean, if we're making gajillions of dollars a year, then of course we'll payroll talent. Right. But, but we all know that's not that likely. No. It's extremely unlikely. I mean, looking in our space, uh Twit is the only place that makes that kind of money. Um, they can, they are a multi, multi-million dollar a year business. Uh, if you are at all interested, there's a fascinating interview of Leo Laporte by Kevin Rose, um, for Kevin Rose's uh, video series, which is now on TechCrunch, I believe, called Foundation, but I'll find a link and put it in the show notes, where Leo talks about all of that kind of stuff. But the reason that they have all those employees, it's the same reason that Gimlet has all the employees that they have, is because they require physical people to be in a physical space uh, together, which I don't fully understand why they do that. Um, I mean, it makes sense for Twitter a little bit more because it's doing video. Uh, I, I don't fully understand uh, Gimlet's approach of having audio podcasts and all the pe- all of their people in the same place. I get it if they've got, like, some some of their shows, they have, like, three or four people working on them, but I don't know if they necessarily all need to be in the same place. Anyway, because we don't. Not, nobody is nobody that works for Relay is in the same place. Most people, barely anybody is in the same city. Yeah. You are worldwide and always on. Yep, and switched on, tuned in, and locked. <laughs> uh, so I just, I would be very surprised if we ended up with a staff uh, as such. But you never know what the future may hold. But I think that it really does require multi-million, million, million, million dollars a year business. Because I don't think it's too far off that we could be a, maybe in five years' time, a three, four million dollar a year business. But that's not the sort of multi-millions that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. You never know. A million dollars doesn't seem too far away. It's a lot um, of money, but it's attainable. All right, tell us about something that's awesome, speaking of paying bills. This week's episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog. Lynda.com is for problem solvers, people that are curious, people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel. Maybe you want to learn how to develop an Android app or an iOS app. Maybe you want to learn how to 
localize that app. So once you've developed an app, you want to learn localization skills and techniques, you want to learn that sort of stuff, you can do that. Maybe you want to learn negotiation tactics, how to build a website, how to boost your Photoshop skills, or so much more. You can go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. You can watch these video tutorials, these thousands of video tutorials, anywhere you want, and you can also watch the tutorials that are created by these top experts who are super passionate about teaching. You can stream them on demand, you can watch them on your iPhone, on your Android device, on your laptop or PC. Uh, you can also, when you're watching them there as well, browse the course transcripts to follow along or to search for an answer and skip to that point in the video. You can also take notes as you as you go. You can do that. You can learn at your own pace. You can uh, you can pick and choose the courses that you want to watch. You can pick and choose the pieces of courses that you want to watch. You can, you can create and save your own playlists out of these as well. But you can also share with friends, colleagues, and team members. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to go ahead and visit lynda.com slash analog, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog, and sign up right now for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much, lynda.com, for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. So, Mike, um, after our discussion last episode, I decided to uh, do something different today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that came through on the microphone or not, but that is a glass full of um, barbaric crushed ice because I didn't have the time to create a proper neat ice cube. Um, but I am drinking a singular glass of Tito's on the Rocks. Are you drinking this evening? No, I'm not, but that wasn't my choice. I wanted to make a drink. I just didn't have enough time between recordings today to go and make one. That is sad times. Do you need a moment? Would you like to run away? It would take me many moments uh, <laughs> to to get the ice from the neat ice kit and to cut the ice in the way that I want and then shave the ice down in the corners so it can fit into the circular glass that I like um, and then to mix things the way that I want. But I appreciate uh, you making that suggestion to me. Plus, it's so late now that if I start that, it's going to keep me up because mm, old mm. fashions take a long time to drink mm. if you make them right. Indeed. But uh, have you had any more thoughts about this? I mean, you seem a little more willing to uh, entertain the idea than you were last week. I now have the intention of trying to find the time to make a drink before every recording of Analog. I like it. I like uh, where your head's at. I don't feel the way that I felt about it now having done it. I feel okay about it. And the way that we went sp- us speaking about it, I was like, help me kind of break down my weird feelings about alcohol and podcasts. And also last week I liked that. I kind of felt a bit free, uh, with my, the, like just felt free with my speech. It just felt nice. I felt very confident even, even more so than usual. The one thing that I didn't like, um, about last week's recording was I was very conscious of my words, which made it sound like I had been drinking for longer than I had been. (laughs) I didn't get that at all. When I started the episode last week, uh, I felt like I was tripping over my words because I was trying to just prove that I wasn't drunk, (laughs) right? And I had... When we started the episode, when we were talking about the alcohol portion, which is where I think that I sounded like I was drunk, I had had two sips of my drink. <laughs> oh, you were completely hammered. I had made it. Uh-huh. I'd made it just before we sat down. But because I was so, um, I was I was so conscious of the fact that I was speaking and was trying to make sure that I didn't sound drunk, 
I believed that it sounded like I was. I didn't get that at all for what it's worth. I don't know if anyone else did, but um, but I do understand what you're saying, and, th- and that's no fun. So you you got to just not worry about it from now on. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that by the end of the episode, I probably did sound tipsy because I probably was. Uh, so <laughs> again, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. No, I mean, I mean, if I did at any point, and I did towards the end, uh, but I wasn't worrying about it then. Mm. Fair enough. But yeah, so they, I, I do feel a lot better about it, um, and and I definitely would do it. And the, the really funny thing <laughs> about last week was. Uh, you know, I mentioned like, oh, I was talking in the episode. I was like, oh, you know, I maybe will have one drink every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I had four last week. Nice. Four different evenings uh, I partook in alcohol. Last week was just really stressful for well. me. I, no, it was just, just uh, I was, I had way more to do than I had time to do it in. Mm -hmm. And there was just a couple of businessy things that were taking up a lot of my time. And every day I didn't feel like I was making any progress on them. Like any day. Like it it felt like I was working on all of the problems all of the days. And every single day it felt like I was no further in fixing them. Yeah, it's no fun. And, you know, those are the kinds of things in... That, that can bother me because a lot of those things is it's either a money related or b me not wanting to let people down and mm-hmm. th- with the latter having a much stronger effect on me uh than than the former um unfortunately they do tend to be related sometimes but i like to not let people down and i was just working really really hard to make sure that, that wasn't the case uh and it just meant that i was just worked really really hard last week so I was partaking in my evenings with a beverage. boy. Yep, and I enjoyed it very much. There was also this weird thing where last week I, I ran out of anything just tasty to drink at home. I had just water, and I like to have maybe juice or squash or whatever. And because Juice or I, what? Okay, okay. Uh, squash? Hmm, this is interesting. I don't know what you call it. Do you have, like, fruit-flavoured things that you dilute into water? Uh, like Kool-Aid? Like, I don't know. Like Kool-Aid's a, a brand. Well, Kool-Aid, it's like a... It's basically powdered sugar with a... Not, no, it's a liquid. It's a highly concentrated... Oh, um, there's these things that came out recently. What are they called? Like, Mio, M-I-O? Let me see if I can get you a link real quick. Um, liquid Water Enhancer. Uh, this is probably a terrible, terrible um, example, uh, but okay. Does the word cordial mean anything to you? Cordial, like not in this context. No, no, no. Cordial, not cordial. Okay, uh, this is nothing. really weird to me. That th- there must be something in America. Basically, it's like, for example, I have strawberry squash and orange squash, which is extremely concentrated. Uh. High, high, high flavor, orange juice-like liquid. Um, it has fruit in it, like real. It's made of real fruit, and I pour that into a glass for maybe like an inch, and then I fill the rest of the glass up with water. Okay. So it is basically flavoring the water, but also giving it some sort of vitamin content. And nutritional content. So is so I put another link in the chat. 
is this what you're talking about? That is exactly what I'm talking about. I have never, never seen or nor heard of this before in my life. I don't think we have anything like this. That's really weird to me. I mean, the closest I can think of is um, like a Kool-Aid-y sort of thing. But again, that's a powder, not a liquid. Yeah, the the um, idea of powder is disgusting. I don't know. There's something else that's on the tip of my brain that I can't think of what I'm thinking of, but that's all right. Weird. Okay, so generally speaking, you would you would take a dash or whatever, some amount of this squash stuff, and put water on it, and that's what you would have instead. Where, where just for the sake of discussion, I would have a glass of diet coke. You would have a glass of squash, is what you're saying? Yeah, I also didn't have any coke or Dr Pepper or anything. I had nothing in the house, and that I couldn't buy any of this stuff because I wasn't leaving the house because of the problems. Uh, <laughs> Weird. Uh, huh. huh? Just, I mean, not, nothing you're saying is unreasonable. It's just this is this is blowing my mind. This is something I've never known uh, and never heard about. Like I feel like between you and Matt Alexander and my absolute ridiculous love of Top Gear, I feel like I'm at least privy to or aware of most weird uk things that that would ever come up in conversation like i'm sure there's a million different oddities about the uk that i am completely clueless about but anything that would normally come up in conversation i feel like i'm at least tangentially aware of this one came out of left field though my brain I feel is like we fried. need underscore here to it to try and put these into terms that you oh can my understand God. underscore is the best uk to us and back translator yeah i know that he could help man uh, um this is intense but yeah, so because I wasn't really leaving the house very much, I didn't buy any of this stuff, which was basically I was getting to the evenings and it was like, I want to have something that's not water. I'll make an old-fashioned. Nice. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> it's like, that's the same, not the same. So that was kind of why I then ended up having more drinks last week than I expected. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, it it's awesome, I think. I mean, I don't know. I I think it's cool, but I don't know if that if you. I mean, do you reflect on that fondly, or do you do you regret it? I don't regret it. I enjoyed every single one of them. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Cheers, buddy. You're like I don't have a problem. As I, as I tried to explain this last week, I don't have a problem with drinking. I don't have a drinking problem. Like, <laughs> uh, I it is not something that I have any real issue or problem with. It was just purely that I don't tend to drink that much, and then. Last week did drink a little bit. Well, I drank away like a lot more than usual, um, because you know I maybe have one drink every two weeks, and then within the space of like seven days, I had four. <laughs> so that's an, a, a, a massive growth there. Um, okay, so what are we talking about tonight? Is that it for follow up? That's <laughs> was that just follow up? Yeah, I mean we we're pulling an ATP on this one. Yeah, am I John in this scenario? Like, who's John? Even, I don't even know. But that's I mean, right. you can't be John because you're Casey. Exactly. So, so I, I guess I'm both John and Marco? I think so. Enjoy that. Oh, goodness. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about something that's not follow-up real quick. So the next thing that we're going to talk about today is, one, is this is the type of thing that one of two things usually happens when this type of thing gets added to our show note document. Uh, so this was something that you added. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the two things that usually happens when I see something like this added is either I talk you out of it. <laughs> True. A. Or B, you remove it. 
Also true. You haven't removed it. Mostly because I've been very busy, but yes. And I, instead of deciding to talk you out of it, decided to write up some notes of my own. Okay. So do you want to start this conversation off? All right, since we're committed. (laughs) So uh, you have to give me just a moment to set the stage here. So I want to say it was about a week ago, and by the time this episode is released, we'll put the original uh, Genesis in the show notes. But about a week ago, I had tweeted a link to something on like Autoblog or Jalopnik or something like that, um, one of the car websites that I tend to read. And they were talking about how in America, the leftmost lane is the lane that is on, on interstates that's used to travel quickest. I believe for you it's the rightmost lane because everything's reversed. And so generally the lane that is closest to opposing traffic on a separated highway where there's a median in between the two of them, I think you guys call these either A roads or M roads. I always get it backwards. It doesn't matter. A anyway. roads. Well, we have A roads and we have motorways, M roads. Anyway, motorways. Let's go with that. Okay. So, so you have two or more lanes and then a median and then two or more lanes is what I'm talking about. Well, in America, there's been talk about, or that somebody was theorizing that what we should really do is cops should enforce the law that exists in pretty much every American state that states that, that the fastest traffic on the road should be in the left lane and slower traffic, and this is actually, I think, where the law comes in, slower traffic should keep to the right. And again, in the UK and other backwards places, it would be keep to the left. So I just thought that that was wonderful. And I I tweeted a link, and I think I prefaced it with something like this a million times this. That's all I'd said. I just said, in other words, I support this, and I tweeted a link. That was it. And so a bunch of people came out of the woodwork and they were like, oh my God, this is the best idea ever. I hope this happens. This is amazing. And then a bunch of people came out of the woodwork and said, oh my God, speeding is terrible. I can't believe you condone this. Why would, it, why would anyone need to worry about any of this? This is ridiculous. You're a terrible person forever having sped in your entire life. What are you talking about? I'm now, sorry. I have to, to be stop clear, you. I need to restart. Driving is an inherently extraordinarily dangerous sorry. thing to do. Because you're basically piloting a 4,000-pound weapon while everyone around you is also piloting a 4,000-pound weapon while they're checking their email and tweeting and doing their makeup or picking their nose and adjusting their hair all at the same time. So none of these people that said speeding is wrong were wrong. But I have never in my life met someone that doesn't speed at least a few miles an hour Anytime well, they're on the interstate. You have now. <laughs> yeah, but with a driving license, okay? No, no, no. V- uh, via Twitter. Oh, via Twitter, yes. So apparently half of Twitter has never gone more than zero miles an hour above the speed limit. So I don't recall, and, and I'm not going to spend the time researching this, but I don't recall having said much more than that publicly other than a follow-up tweet where I said, wow, according to a lot of you guys, you never speed. That's weird because everyone I know speeds. That, those were my two tweets about it. Now, granted, yeah. I exchanged individual tweets with individual people, but those were my two tweets about it. So I get this, this tweet from John T., and I'm going to read it. This is verbatim. At Casey Liss, your brazen attitude to speeding has lost you a Twitter follower and RSS subscriber and ATP FM, and on Analog FM, a listener. 
Okay. So if, if I have done something that offends someone and they don't want to listen to the things I say anymore, that's fine. I don't blame you. That I do that occasionally. Totally fine. I feel bad that I've offended this person, but you know what? Life goes on. I'm sorry that something I've said has bothered you so much that you cannot stand to have any part of me in your life anymore. But you know what? That's perfectly within your rights. You are more than welcome to ignore me forevermore. Totally fine. I have no issue with that. It's unfortunate, but I have no, I have no issue with it. Where I start to get confused is, what is John T. trying to accomplish by sending this tweet? My first thought is, he wants an apology. But I don't owe him an apology. I haven't done anything to him. You could argue I've done something wrong in implying, not saying, but implying that I, am a, that I will speed on occasion. But I haven't done anything to him. And my second thought is, well, maybe he just wants me to say, you know what? You're right. I'll never speed again. Well, that's just not freaking happening. Like one random person on Twitter is not going to change my behavior. And pro tip, everyone who has ever used Twitter or really the internet, your one perspective, thoughts, feelings, opinions, and words are never, ever, ever going to change anyone else's behavior. So stop trying. In any case, I don't understand what the point of this tweet was other than to make me have a bad day or otherwise feel bad. And I kind of was curious, Mike, what do you think the motive here, the motive is here? And what do you do? What does one do about this? What I did do was absolutely nothing. Well, until now, and now I'm talking about it on my podcast that John T isn't listening to. But what, what does one do in this situation? And what was John T attempting to accomplish? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my thoughts on that in a moment, but I have a couple of points that relate to things that you've mentioned already. Okay. okay. So, one, the first part, which is uh, why, where people – like, where did people get this assumption that you were speeding? Was it just the article said, like, hooray for speeding? Like, Well, sort of. So, I endorsed an article that said that people in the left – people should not travel in the left lane. They should only pass in the left lane. The implication – is that everyone on the interstate, motorway, highway, whatever you call it, should be traveling at, let's call it, 65 miles an hour, so there should be no reason to pass. And you know what? If somebody wants to do 65 in the left lane, they should be allowed to. That's why the left lane is there. Now, as it turns out, that is legally, if not factually, incorrect. The law states that the left lane is for passing, and once you are done passing people, you are supposed to move to the right lane. But... I think because I endorsed an article, and, and it, admittedly, the article was very pushy about how, you know, he, this, the, the, the author would zoom up to somebody in the left lane and be furious that they wouldn't move over. So the author had made it fairly clear that he speeds regularly. But my specific comments on this article were simply that if you take them only at face value, my comments were that I endorse the um, increased enforcement of this law. Now, admittedly, why would I endorse that? Because I speed. But I never made any statement about that. All I said was I endorse the the increased enforcement of this law. Okay. The next thing that I was going to say, which was just simply to say that I think you did very well in not replying. Oh, it was hard. It was hard. I know. 
I mean, I know we're talking about it here, but I think that John T would understand that, you know, that's the kind of, st- we talk about this stuff, you know, you're going to say something like that, and if you are a, a listener to Analog, there is a chance that we may bring that kind of thing up here. So mm-hmm. that's, that's just the way it is. Now, um, there is a reason that I did not remove this from the follow-up, uh, from, from our topic list. <laughs> Even though this fits the bill perfectly of the type of thing that I usually remove. It does. And I didn't, I didn't remove it because I wanted to play one of our Mike Casey thought experiment games mm-hmm. that we play. Mm-hmm. Where I ask you questions, not to make you feel bad, oh, but just to make you ask more questions of yourself. Okay. But I'm going to take a break first. Okay. Before I get into those questions. This week's episode of Analog is brought to you by our friends over at Hover. They are the best way. They are my favorite way, and they should be your favorite way to buy and manage domain names. And the reason that they are the favorite of many is because they make it so easy to buy domain names. They make it so easy to manage domain names. And they do this by keeping their interface, by keeping their system for buying and managing domain names clean, simple, and clear. They don't try and trick you. They don't try and upsell you. They don't try and pigeonhole you with a bunch of add-ons that you don't want. Hover's services are very simple. They sell domain names to you. They, If you want it, they'll give you email hosting and email forwarding. And that's pretty much it. And that's kind of what you want. They're not going to try and sell you some really weird website building tool. They're not going to sell you some really kind of weird advertising tool. It's not the type of thing that they do. They have the thing that they're good at, and they're really good at it, and they stick to it, and that's why I like them. When you go to hover.com, you can just search for what you're looking for. You can search for the domain you're looking for. You can search for the keywords that you're looking for, and they'll suggest some great domain names to you. They have all of the TLDs that you'll expect. Their .com domains start at just $12.99. Hover includes who is privacy for free with all of their domains. That's because they believe that you should keep your private information private. They don't make you pay for the privilege of keeping your private information private. Hover have, I mentioned they do their custom email addresses and stuff. They also do for domains, they do volume discounts. So if you're buying or renewing a bunch of domains that they will allow you to do that a great discount uh, they also have their great fantastic awesome customer support they have great telephone support they have a no hold no wait no transfer telephone support policy pick up the phone and speak to somebody at hover and you'll talk to a human being and that human being will help you they will not put you to a robot and then that robot will try and send you off to another robot who puts you in front of a human who puts you in front of another robot who puts you in front of a different human. They don't do that. But talking about robots, if you do want to talk to a robot, well, kind of a robot, you can send them an email and then somebody sitting in front of another computer will send you an email back. So it's basically two humans with some robots in between. If you like that, (laughs) then you can do that. And if you want the full-on robot service, you can read their guides and documentation if you just want to read what's on the robotic computer screen. Lots of robots, but no real actual robots over at Hover.com. And don't forget, Hover have their valet service where they'll take all of the hassle out of switching from your current provider because they will just take away all the hassle by doing it all for you. They will actually switch your domains, whether you have 10 domains or 200 domains. It doesn't matter how many domains you have, they will switch them for you. So you don't have to worry about the switching part. So... Go to hover.com and try them out right now. You want to use the code BROMANCE at checkout. <laughs> and you'll get yourself 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show you support for analog. That's BROMANCE, B-R-O-M-A-N-C-E. 
Thank you so much to Hover for supporting this week's episode. Thank you, Hover. So I have very, very quick real-time follow-up. Um, you had asked me, did I ever say that I sped, speed, whatever. Um, the second tweet that I posted, um, I'd like to read it verbatim. Uh, based on the holier-than-thou replies to this, meaning my initial tweet, apparently all of you always do the speed limit. Always. I, for one, do not. So, to be fair, in that tweet, my follow-on tweet, I did state that I do speed from time to time. My assumption on reading that tweet, though, was that people were already telling you that you were wrong. Oh, yes. But, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, right. yes. So, yeah, see, that was my thing. I had read that, but my assumption at you knowing you is you would only tweet something like that if you were annoyed at people telling you how wrong you were. <laughs> yes. It's also probably something that I would have said. Okay, so this is where we play a thought experiment game. Okay. Right. So... You uh, feel that this person is, what, a little bit annoyed at you here? They're presuming something? Like, what do you what do you think is going on here? I think that they are deeply offended and upset that I have said that I ever go above the speed limit when I'm driving a motor vehicle. Now, there may be legitimate reasons for that, but I have no idea if there are or are not. One way or another, they're upset that I've said I speed. Okay. So, what do you think is... Hmm, why do you think it upset them? I don't have the faintest idea. The only way that this makes any sense in my mind is if they personally have had some sort of terrible accident or maybe even, God forbid, loss because of someone who was going too fast. Right. That was what immediately came to my mind. So we are making wild presumptions, but again, we are playing the thought experiment game. Yeah. So if you think about it in those terms, do you feel any differently? Should you feel any differently? Should I? Maybe. Do I? No. Because okay. this tweet doesn't say anything about why he's fi he's flying off the handle. Well, maybe he's not flying off the handle. I feel like he did, but maybe he's not. All it says is that I'm being, a, in so many words, is that I'm a jerk. It doesn't say why I'm a jerk, really. I mean, well, it does in that apparently it's related to speeding. But it doesn't say, I, I don't think the punishment, if you would call it that, matches the crime. I don't think him eliminating any any trace of Casey List from his life makes sense, given all I said is I speed from time to time. I think in this scenario that the should and do are the same. Um, you don't feel any differently, so you shouldn't have to feel any differently because you. The reason you don't is because you have no information. Mm -hmm. You know, so you you can't act on presumed information unless you want to. Um, but considering the fact that you choose not to, which is fine, perfectly fine, then you shouldn't have to. Uh, I, I feel anyway in this scenario. So. Do you think that um, if you were in this scenario, so let's say this hypothetical scenario of person A reads something that person B writes, it upsets them because of something that has happened in their life. Uh, can you imagine yourself reacting in a way like this? Um, 
First, can you imagine yourself reacting without saying anything? I would like to think, but I might be wrong. I, I would like to think that if somebody said something so deeply offensive to me that I could not stomach having any influence or any interaction with them, even a one-way interaction in my life anymore, I would like to think that I would just quietly unfollow, quietly unsubscribe, and walk away. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. I don't think I would fire off a screw you tweet like this individual did. Why? Um, a couple reasons. Uh, first, like I said earlier, there is what, well, what good comes of it, right? I'm not going to change. Let's say, let's say for the sake of discussion that you have, and maybe let, we don't host a show together. You're just some podcaster that I don't know. And you've said that you think America is crap and you hate pancakes, which is a deep, deep offense in my world. What am I going to say to you that's going to make you repent that? You're allowed to hate pancakes. That's okay. And I might not agree with that, but that's okay. I guess I, I, I'm not allowed to speed. And yes, I'm playing the everyone does it card. And no, I would not jump off a bridge if everyone else was jumping off a bridge. But the fact of the matter is everyone in America, and I would argue anyone anywhere in the world, is going to go between 5 and 10 miles an hour above the speed limit all the time everywhere. So... I can't imagine that if you said you hate America and hate pancakes, that I would be so incensed by that, that I would fire off a tweet about how terrible you are, or how wrong you are, or tell you, well, <laughs> I'm unsubscribing from everything. And I just want you to know that. Like, what good comes of that? I'm not going to change your mind. I'm not going to change your opinion. You're going to look at that, and then you're going to move on with your day. So why do it? All right. So you have very little context for this person. Sure. And you've admitted that. Oh, I've basically none. But they have very little context for your your intended meaning. You're saying you speed. Mm-hmm. You're not saying that it's five or ten miles an hour. Sure, that's true. That's very true. For all this person knows, you are gunning it down the freeway at 150 miles an hour. Uh, yes, you're right. Although I don't think any normal human being would come to that conclusion based on what I had said. You are right, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. It's not a stretch to say that you're going 25 miles an hour over the speed limit. Uh, maybe, I think it's it not is. a stretch. It's not a stretch because many people do it, Casey. You could be one of them. Right? I, like I the, suppose, sure. I mean, I, I still think it's a stretch, but you're right. I mean, it could be that I would do that sort of thing. I mean, you have to understand that in America, everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, like it's a truth, but the overwhelming majority of people that I've ever come across in the 15 years, whatever it is I've been driving, 20 years I've been driving, um, they will not typically do more than about 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Mostly because that's generally the buffer zone that a, that a police officer will give you. Some give you less, some give you more. But generally speaking, if you're going within 10 miles of the speed limit, you're probably not going to get pulled over. And thus, that's what everyone does. There are certainly people that do 130. There are certainly people that do 160. But generally speaking, you'll it, like the speed limits in most of Virginia are 70 miles an hour. 
you very rarely see people going over 80, in no small part because, as it happens in Virginia, 80 miles an hour and above is reckless, which is a much bigger penalty than just regular speeding. But to be fair, John T. does not know that particular piece of information about Virginia. And you are aware of the fact that what you are doing is illegal? Yes. Okay. It is illegal, but it is the same. It's like, should I be repentant because when I was in college, I downloaded a song or two from, from Napster? That ain't a, killing no one, though, Casey. Oh, I haven't yet killed anyone either. No, 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 no. Nobody died because somebody downloaded a song on Napster. Yeah, that's true. People die because of speeding. Yes. Part of why I do this to you is because I just want to ensure that you don't have to get more of this. How do you mean? Because I know that there are things that I say that if I don't say them, somebody's gonna. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, I know what you're saying. (laughs) So, like, I, I ask you those types of questions because it's obvious to me that the, the, you're leaving an argument on on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the thing, though, right? So that's like the other part of it is like it it is reckless. Is that what you said the law was called? Because I don't want to mix those two things up. Yeah. Well, if you're going in, and this is just Virginia, it's different in every state. But in Virginia, if you are going either twenty miles an hour or more above the speed limit, or if you're going 80 miles an hour or above, doesn't matter if the speed limit's 79, which it would never be, but just for the sake of discussion, that is immediately reckless driving. And reckless driving, I don't know, I don't know the legalese behind it, but suffice it to say, it's a much bigger and more egregious penalty than right. just speeding. All right. Okay. So I don't really have um, a, a big grand point that I'm that I'm getting to here today, and. This is, you know, I mainly wanted to kind of just go through this with you because I wanted to see where your mind was at and I wanted to see what, if any, arguments you could put in the other person's mouth for them Mm -hmm. as to why they may do this. And I think that the greatest one, which is one that you did mention, which was the idea that you don't know this person's personal situation, which may have led them to become very upset whenever they see someone... Uh, talk about things like this. But the other thing being is you don't know and you don't understand um, the status that you occupy in any person or this person's mind. By that you mean? A person, not necessarily this person. We'll say this person just to keep this conversation a bit more simple. You could be a hero to them. And now the hero has fallen? Yeah. That could be. But, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to is let's go on the assumption, not that I would ever wish this upon anyone, let's go on the assumption that John's wife or partner, let's just say partner, John's partner passed away specifically because of speeding. If that's the case, that is a terrible thing. And not that he needs my permission to unfollow me and stop listening to my shows and blah, 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 but... If, if if he did stop following me and stop listening to my shows and all those things, perfectly justifiable. But I still don't think this tweet is justifiable. I still think that if if he was going to say anything at all, the more adult thing to say is, you know what? I lost someone very close to me. I lost my partner to a speeder. And this is something that I find that I'm really sensitive about. 
and it makes me sad that you're one of those people. Like that, still maybe not necessary, but a much better approach, much better approach, much better way for me to think to myself, well, geez, what would I think about if I lost Aaron or how would I feel if I lost Aaron or how would I feel if I took someone else's Aaron from them? That gets me thinking. Saying your your brazen attitude to speeding has lost you a Twitter follower and honors, blah, 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 blah. That, that just makes me think you're a big jerk. But if that is the case, you don't want to hear that. No, not really. But but yeah. at least it would be but at least John T would be less of a jerk if that's what he chose to say. Let me rephrase. Less of a jerk in my eyes. I shouldn't make the I shouldn't make the implication that he is a jerk. Just Right, because you're a eyes. jerk in his, you know that. Oh right? yeah. Oh big time. Huge okay. jerk. And even more of one now, right? You understand Probably. that too. Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm really trying to be level-headed <laughs> about this, but yes, I, I know you right. are. I know you are, and I'm pushing you into this. Like I'm leading you down this path. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is really at this point my fault, right? But I'm accepting that. I don't know. The, the thing of it is, is that I, I don't have a lot of triggers, and I guess that means, in yet another way, I'm really lucky because I haven't had this sort of terrible situation that would cause me to have some sort of trigger. The only thing that kind of triggers a lot of angst in me really quickly, um, other than stupid sports, sports related things that don't matter, um, is, uh, fertility. And as an example, uh, round about the same time that I made this tweet, I had tweeted, I believe I had tweeted a link to someone, to an article about parents who are deliberately undergoing in vitro fertilization, which is the step beyond what Aaron and I had to do, the very expensive, very invasive, very awful step. Parents that are undergoing in vitro fertilization specifically so they can choose the gender of their forthcoming child. I find that absolutely deplorable and ridiculous. But even then, I thought in my tweet, and we're going to find it by the time we publish this episode, and maybe I'm wrong, and so everyone can have a good laugh at my crappy memory, but my recollection of my tweet was, I think this is ridiculous and, and insane, or maybe I don't understand how anyone could do this. But I didn't say that these people were jerks. I didn't say that they were wrong. I mean, I think it's ridiculous, but I mean, if you want to spend 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, I think actually the example is $100,000 choosing the gender of your baby. You're right. I think it's stupid, but it's your right. So that's the closest. You said, uh, other than the fact, uh, I literally can't even. <laughs> I think though that your, um, I think that your, what you're saying and what you're not saying says how you feel about it. Like that, you do think that these people are idiots. Yes, I do think that, but. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary to be plain about it. And part of the reason that I don't like being plain about it is because of the reactions that I get to tweets like these. Because everyone comes out of the woodwork and says, "Oh, you shouldn't speed," or "Oh, this or that," "Oh, that," or "Oh, I am one of those people that spent one hundred fifty thousand dollars on my baby and screw you." I, I, I try, and apparently I'm failing now that I'm thinking about this a little deeper. But I try to be a little more vague about it. And it's interesting seeing people fill in the blanks. And the speeding, the initial speeding one, before I had that follow-up, the initial one where I just said, I am in support of enforcing this law, that doesn't necessarily mean I am am embracing speeding. 
as it turns out I am, but it doesn't by necessity mean that. It could very well mean that somebody's doing 45 miles an hour in a 65 mile an hour zone in the fast lane. And that's wrong. It's, among other things, illegal. And that was the thing that blew my mind was everyone was going, going on and on and on about how illegal speeding was. But you know what the funny thing about this is? Going slowly in the left lane is just as illegal. Like there is, these people are defending a thing that is just as bad. Granted, it is less likely to cause bodily injury. Understood. But from the letter of the law, it's also illegal. Maybe it's not just as illegal. I'm not a lawyer or whatever, whatever. But it's also illegal. I, I would say, whilst illegal, not just as illegal. It, would be my, one way or my another, it armchair is, lawyer. Right, right. It is that. still illegal one way or the other. I don't know. The point, the point is, is that I just, the, the, the thing that struck me about John T.'s tweet, and this isn't the first time I've gotten one like this, although this, this was the most egregious. I don't understand what the purpose of this tweet is. Your brazen attitude to speeding has lost you a Twitter follower, an RSS subscriber, and listener. What is he looking for me to do or say because of this tweet? Or feel, for that matter. And why do you feel bad? And I guess in that sense, you know what, John T., congratulations, because you succeeded. But I'd, all, I guess what he's really succeeded in doing is further training me to not give a shit when people say these things. All right. I want to bring myself down from the uh, high horse that I put myself <laughs> on. And then I have one more point to make. Okay. So to bring myself down on the high horse, uh, I would like to say that these types of tweets, uh, I share these types of tweets with Casey that I receive very frequently and complain about them to him and the same in our Slack and I complain about them. Mm -hmm. Because I also receive stuff like this. It also really annoys me. Because I don't understand why people sometimes feel that they need to tell me some of the things that they tell me. Uh, and yeah, I'm not immune to this. And I merely just wanted to go through this discussion because I thought it was interesting. Now, the last point that I want to make is just going back to something you mentioned very earlier, very much earlier, in that you felt that you did a good job in not lashing out at this guy well until this episode but yes no 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 no. i don't think this counts i really genuinely don't think this counts because it's a this is a different scenario um that we're in right now i don't think it counts the same anyway maybe it does still count but in theory he's not hearing this so right. you're not doing it to him so are we speeding or are we going slow in the fast lane i'm not 100 sure what we're doing <laughs> anymore. uh so my my last point that i wanted to make and or question to ask you is you know you mentioned about the fact that uh you held back and you didn't lash out that kind of thing you didn't you didn't get angry at him would you say that the reason that you didn't do this now is that you're you may have trained yourself to be a bit better about the way you deal in these situations than uh, maybe casey of a year or two ago that's the less selfish um, way of looking at it. I think the reality, if I'm really honest with you, if we have a little bit of real talk is 
I think I had actually composed a tweet back, a reply, that was something along the lines of your brazen attitude towards unfollowing people, and then I forget where I ended it. And I didn't send it. And the reason I didn't send it was I knew in my heart, and perhaps more importantly in my brain, that for a fleeting moment, sending that tweet, oh, it would have felt so good, Mike. Oh, my God, it would have felt so good. But... After that fleeting moment, after I get that hit, I'm just going to feel like crap. And because right, we've been through this on this show. Before. Oh, yes, we have. But it took me really examining how I handled other instances of really snarky, jerky tweets like these. It wasn't until I really examined them or examined my reactions and and how I felt after I reacted that it really sank in because I will occasionally fire off a snarky tweet in reply to something I think is out of line. And more often than not, there are occasions that it does work out. And I'd actually, I'd like to talk about that very quickly in a second, but on, there are on occasion, there are occasions it does work out and I do feel better about it afterwards. But generally speaking, I feel worse. And so I composed the tweet, but I didn't send it because I knew if I sent it, I was going to end up feeling worse. And even though I feel like a piece of crap right now, and then I'm angry about the fact that I feel like a piece of crap because I shouldn't give a crap what John T. thinks, I knew that that's just a fleeting moment. And if I give myself a few minutes, I'll feel better about it. To go back to what I alluded to a moment ago, the one way that I've seen, that I've actually seen get a decent heartfelt and intelligent response is, and I think I took this mostly from John Syracuse. If you reply to a really jerky, snarky tweet with something along the lines of, why did you send that? Why, what, how did you think that was going to make me feel? <laughs> suddenly everything changes because suddenly that person realizes, holy crap, I'm a jerk. It doesn't work every time, mind you. It certainly doesn't work every time. But there have been occasions that I've sent a tweet like that. Like, why did you send that? Do you think that's going to make me feel good? Do you want to put that negative energy into the world? And occasionally people have come back and say, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. And that feels awesome. But the likelihood, but I, the, the risk reward on that is not in my favor. More likely than not, they're just going to double down on being jerks. I'm going to come back to that because I have a relay of fills which actually asks this pretty much exact question and I have something that I wanted to say in regards to that. But the reason I asked that question of you was because do you think that potentially you have uh, trained yourself now to think more carefully about these things where uh, our friend John here has not had to ever worry about that. He was annoyed at you, so he just told you. <laughs> Maybe, but here again, I don't think, I, I don't think this kind of jerky behavior is excusable. Even if he lost his partner in a terrible car wreck expressly due to speeding, there's a better way to, to handle yourself and handle this moment than what he chose to do. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I really don't. I, I really, really genuinely don't. And I actually think that in this scenario, uh, it was not handled by our friend John very well here. But uh, as, as as I've made, I ain't clear. We don't understand where he's coming from. 
but maybe if he had a point that he needed to make that was grounded in the one that he did make, he maybe should have just told you. Yep, I agree. And and in John's defense, 140 characters minus at Casey Liss is not a very easy space in which to do it. But I'm pretty sure that he could have figured out over the course of one or two tweets how to say to me, I've lost my partner. And I keep coming back to that just as an illustrative example, but I've lost my partner because of speeding. This is something I take very personally. I wish you didn't feel this way. And I hope you'll understand that I can't really listen to you anymore. I still think that's a little bit jerky, but at least there's a reason other than, you know what, buddy? Screw you. Well, I hope for his sake that if he has um, had some sort of experience that made him want to say this, that genuinely it made him feel better to say that to you. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, I, I, that probably doesn't sound genuine, especially since I've gotten all my, I got myself all worked up about it again. <laughs> but genuinely, like, I don't want to be the recipient of that kind of negative energy. But if, if getting that ne- negative energy out of John T.'s body made his day that much better, I hope this doesn't become a regular thing for the Internet. But, you know, then, you know what, maybe it's worth it. Well, because otherwise it was pointless. Like, yeah, yeah. If your point in this was to, to just be holier than thou, uh, then there was no point in sending it in the first place. Nope. But if your point in this was to get some catharsis because of something that's happened in your life, then then fair play. If that was if that's what it took to make you feel better than that day, then on that day, then then more power to you. Like I hope that it helps. Yeah. And I wonder, I really wonder if we're going to hear from this person. Because do you remember that time before? I can't remember what it was about. But somebody who said they weren't ever going to listen again. And then we had this kind of conversation and then they wrote in. Do you remember that? I do. And I can't remember what it was about either. No. So I wonder. I wonder if we will. But who knows? There is also the strong chance that someone's just going to just write to this person and say, you should listen <laughs> to episode 49 because they talk about you a lot. Yeah. Uh, and actually, interestingly, it looks like this was his last tweet, as it turns out. If I'm reading Twitter's website correctly, which you never Most know. recent. not Sorry. Last. Yes, yes, yes. Most recent. Yeah. I looked at when I you sent me this, I looked at this person's account and they don't tweet very often. Mm. We... All right, let's do some Relay Your Feels, because we got to wrap this up. Yep. Uh, Relay Your Feels is brought to you by Red Hat. At this point, everyone understands that in the right situations, open source software is important technology. It's useful and powerful. No one really disagrees with that point. The most successful open source project of all time is the internet. Uh, Tim Berners-Lee put the www in the public domain. Then, of course, there's Berkeley Unix, TCPIP, BSD Linux, Android, the Internet of Things. You get the picture. There's some pretty big and important stuff that is running with open source. The only real disagreement is whether open source can be used in an enterprise situation for people to do their most important work. Well, Red Hat has been settling this debate one customer at a time for over a decade. They started with Red Hat Enterprise Linux, and today they certify and support application development, storage, and cloud infrastructure for every conceivable enterprise deployment. The New York Stock Exchange, DreamWorks, each and every airline, healthcare company, telecom giant... And actually, more than 90% of all of the companies in the Fortune 500, so all of those industries, airlines, healthcare, and telecoms, and the, all of those, and 90% of all the companies in the Fortune 500, they're all 
Red Hat customers. Why? Because they get the powerful, constantly improving innovation of open source without the risk of having to do it alone. It's that simple. Red Hat. Enterprise software trusted in the world's most demanding data centers. Find out what they can do for yours at redhat.com. Quick piece of real-time follow-up. I have engaged friend of the internet underscore David Smith. I asked him, um, what, is there an equivalent for squash in the United States? He said, there is no equivalent really. I've seen it in other places in Europe, but not in the U.S. Interesting. So, that, there we go. That's weird to me. That it doesn't exist at all. I, I don't know. I, now, whenever it is, I go to London next, which unfortunately probably won't be for years. But whatever that is, I'm going to force you to give me some squash. Like, okay. You'd I, probably be the first person that's ever forced anybody to get them squat. <laughs> All right, so I'm sorry. Let's talk some relayer feels. Jim asks, Casey, with your increased usage of Slack, is it time to update the communication pyramid? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't like that question. Why? Because you have to rethink the communication yeah, pyramid. because I have to rethink everything. Um, you and I have kind of tangentially talked about this in the past. I don't have... I don't have a very good feel for when I'm supposed to IM you or Slack you or whatever. I don't know if those are even the right verbs, but you know what I'm saying. We pretty much only talk in Slack now. Yeah. Um, I think if it's something pressing, I'm still going to escalate to iMessage. And God knows it's going to have to be like a death to, to actually call you. That sounded terrible, but you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to force myself upon your day by doing something as interruptive as a phone call, unless there's something really important going on. Um, one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, uh, uh, which is kind of tangential, is would it be useful to have, say, my immediate family, so like Aaron and my brothers, my parents, in, in our own Slack channel? And what I keep coming back to is, for things like that, where it's not a company, it's not like a diverse group of people, it's just a bunch of friends and her family, the only thing I think Slack gets us is it does really well with like expanding a tweet when you post when you post a link to a tweet, for example. And I bring this up because I think if I really wanted your attention somewhat quickly, I might just go ahead and send you an iMessage. Although to your point, Mike, I think generally speaking, I would just send you a I would just send you a message in Slack. Um, but if there's ever a time that I could get to somebody on Slack. And I'm trying to send them something rich, like a tweet or a link to a website or something like that. I'm going to choose Slack every time because it has that very nifty expansion. I can't think of a better way to describe it, but like expansion of what you're linking to right in line. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, my feeling is uh, I will pretty much these days, if someone is in the relay chat, uh, Frequently, I will send that person a message in Slack unless it's Stephen because we just have always, always spoke on iMessage and we just do. I don't know why we do actually because we talk a lot of business stuff, but it goes on iMessage. Uh, unless I need, so like I would only ever send you something via iMessage these days if it's something that I want you to see. Uh, because I don't always trust Slack's notification system. Mm -hmm. It's not the best. Uh, sometimes it goes a bit weird. And also, 
I don't know what your notification settings are, but <laughs> I don't. But I like to think that you probably have iMessages on and you would have them on for me if you have them on for anyone. I don't know. Yep. Um, but you probably have those things more likely to alert you than Slack messages. So, Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, what do you do with Federico? Because Federico seems to swoop into the Slack occasionally and, and, and to his credit, often when he's mentioned, but does not seem to lurk there on a general basis like a lot of us do. Yeah, he doesn't because it's it tends to be it's it's a lot of information in our room a lot of the time, <laughs> and because he's not there as often, he tends not to be there as often. Because uh, I think if you don't if you don't hang out there all the time, you kind of just you miss it. Uh, me and him, we talk exclusively via our message, which is why I use the qualifier of somebody that hangs out in the room. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he goes. I think I think Slack is is really edging its way up that pyramid, but mainly because for a lot of instances, for a lot of different people, it's replacing other types of communication rather than it being an important one in and of itself. Yeah, and the funny thing about Slack is, I actually really hate pretty much all of their apps like the well that's not fair the ios app is pretty good um mostly because i only ever use my relay slack account on ios on on the computer i'm on like five different slack accounts but on ios the only one i give enough of a crap about is relay um and when you're in a single account the, the ios app is pretty good the mac app though is terrible and the watch app is worse and in that sense I kind of wish I didn't use Slack as much as I do, but the other things that I do like about it here again, expanding those links like that, that makes me so happy. And I don't know why it's the silliest thing in the world, but it makes me so happy. And so because of that, I'll, I will overlook a lot of Slack's shortcomings in the app department because it does so many other things. Well, well it's just, it's just so good to have that rich media preview. Yep, that's the right way to phrase it. Thank you. The rich, rich media preview. I like it. You're hired because it's rather than somebody. Or you, when you send somebody a link to a tweet, you want them to see the contents of the tweet. That person doesn't want to click the link, right? Especially since a tweet is all of 140 characters. Like it's seen, it's almost egregious to go out and actually have to load Safari or Chrome or whatever, and actually in order to look at the tweet. Yep. All right. What else? Relayer feels. So uh, the next one was from uh, at Divod, and uh, they asked, have you ever said something a little too harshly online and deleted it only to find out someone saw it anyway, and how do you deal with it? And you kind of answered this already, um, which is a a similar thing to what I do. Uh, I tend to not write stuff like that. I tend to write the tweet and then delete it. No, no, hold on. I When I was talking earlier, and I think when you're talking now, what I do is I open a new compose window if I'm on the Mac. I compose the tweet, but I never actually send it. It never, ever makes it to Twitter. It never makes it off my device. And I think that's what you're talking about as well, right? Yeah, I, I compose it, and then I press Command A, and then I delete the contents of the compose window. Right. So just to be clear, neither you nor I is saying you tweet it and then immediately delete it. What we're saying is we type it out and then never, ever, ever send it to Twitter. Yep. But there was one, I did have something recently, which is kind of like this, which I did feel bad about. Uh, I tweeted an image of a website that I visit that had terrible ads on the desktop, not even on the phone. 
uh, and it was on the desktop, and it was like the ads were covering two-thirds of the page. There's an article, and there was a big lower third and a big upper third, I guess you'd call it. And I think the worst part of it was the lower third was for a charity. It's like, what's going on here? Like, what world are we living in? Uh, where, where like charities are doing this this crap now too, uh, and uh, I tweeted it and was like, you know, this is ridiculous. And then I got a DM from somebody who works at a sister site to that site, but for the same parent company, and told me that they escalated it via their internal channel, and that they hate to see ads like that. That's about and it. I th- and I thought to myself. I shouldn't have tweeted this. I should have contacted people that I knew at that website instead. And I then deleted the tweet. That's a gray area. Up until the time you said that you know people that worked there, I was all in on you having sent that tweet. You know what? If somebody notices that you said something disparaging about their product, and it genuinely is legitimate, it's not like you know, you being a turd because Marriott didn't upgrade you for no good reason, you know, it's it's you being a turd because Marriott gave you a room that's falling apart, then you know what? Oh, well, I'm sorry that your product is crappy. I did not realize, though, that you knew some people at Corporation A. That Then I can understand you deleting it. Generally, I can't, geez, I almost never delete anything. Even the things I regret, I actually don't typically delete. I will delete, like, typos and and immediately read immediately issue a new tweet but it i can't remember a time i've deleted something even something i'm embarrassed to buy or regret because i feel like i should own up to that and i should own the fact that i said that and it maybe you should have contacted joe smith at company a directly but if if what you said is factual, you shouldn't really feel bad about it. Yeah, but if I would have, uh, for example, if I I would never have tweeted a link to a picture of the actual website that that person works at, I would have gone to that person. It was just because I didn't think, oh, they work, they're actually part of the same company. Oh yeah, see, I, I think you're in the clear. I mean. The fact that you deleted it probably means that either you're a nicer person than I, or at least that you um you care about what other people think. But I don't know. I think you're in the clear on that one. Yeah, maybe. But that was the only example I can think of because typically, I either open a new window and delete it, or I own up to what I tweet, as you say. But in this scenario, it was one that I got rid of. The only other times that I delete tweets is when I say something that's incorrect. Even if it's hours later or only if it's minutes later? Tends to be if it's minutes later. I have also done the thing that John Syracuse suggests that you do it sometimes on ATP where you tweet something and you continue to get responses and you no longer need responses anymore. So like, just delete the tweet so you stop getting the responses. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. I'd forgotten about that. So like a lazy Twitter about... Like, I just lazy Twittered a couple of nights ago about what the service was like um, at the Outer Banks, which is why I'm going to be missing a week. And once I'm satisfied with my with the answers I've gotten, I could go back and delete my lazy tweet, my lazy yeah. Twitter tweet. That's Because otherwise you keep getting them. Well, I don't have you as... You don't need it anymore. Yeah, I don't have as many followers as John does, but I, I'm with you in principle. 
Yeah, but I don't have as many followers as you do, and sometimes that stuff gets annoying. <laughs> well, my favorite thing is I tweeted about that. So I had asked what T-Mobile service was like down at the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and one out of every five tweets was actually useful. And about three out of every five tweets was somebody saying, I've looked at the coverage map on the website, and you should be fine. <laughs> really? You, you don't think I could have figured that out for myself? I, I mean, it's like these people are trying to be helpful, so I can't get but so angry. But, I mean, come on. Come on. I'm smarter than that. My main thing that annoys me that I don't feel that I'm allowed to do anymore is to tweet jokes at people. Why? Like, you know when someone has a, a thing, they say a thing, and then uh, you're like, oh, I have a funny joke that I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. It's because I know that, one, someone else has made it, or if they haven't, to what I'm tweeting, the joke that I'm tweeting is not what this person wanted. You know, it's funny you bring this up, and we really got to end this episode, but th- uh, this is a great way to end it. You had tweeted, maybe it was on the 4th of July, that you were having pancakes and bacon. And, and I had tweeted back to you, are you kidding me? Something, I forget exactly what it was. You probably remember. Something along the lines of, are you kidding me? That is neither pancakes nor bacon. That, that wasn't it, but it was something along those lines. And I could tell, even though I was saying it mostly to be funny and also kind of serious, because it, what I saw did not look, at, look like what I think of as pancakes and bacon, I could tell by the way you reacted that that was not the right thing to say. And I felt like crap for having said it. And I don't remember if I said anything to you about it. So now I'm doubling down on feeling like crap and saying it to you on the podcast. But I was annoyed at you and every other person that made a funny tweet <laughs> or what they considered to be a funny tweet. This, that's not a pancake. No, the thing is, it is one. It, it was and is a pancake. It might not be what you think is one, right. but it's made of the same stuff exactly. It right. just has a different consistency. And furthermore, the menu said pancakes <laughs> and bacon. Right, so this, this is part of my overall why I hate the 4th of July. I hate the 4th of July because if I do nothing... So if I do nothing, if I don't do anything like this, because I I put it on Instagram, I put the little American flag on there, because I was eating pancakes with maple syrup and bacon. Admittedly, it was back bacon, which is not my favorite type of bacon, but that is the type of bacon that people tend to eat in Britain. I like streaky bacon, like American bacon. Uh, And yes, those pancakes were the thickest pancakes I've ever had. (laughs) But they were pancakes. Right, they were. They were pancakes. Although the menu did say American style pancakes, Which and I know that's not an American line. style pancake. No. Right, and uh, but I was going to let that go from this menu uh, <laughs> because they were fantastic. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so I if I decided that I would do this, uh, and you regret it deeply. Well, because the thing is. If I do this, I get those sort of responses. But if I don't do anything, all I have all day, and I tend to get this irrespective of what I do, is people reminding me that I'm British. <laughs> and saying things along the lines of how uh, lucky we are to get away <laughs> from from me. I mean, like, literally nobody was alive <laughs> then. Uh and there was this, but I got my my own. Uh, I got my own back on you a little bit in a in an inadvertent way um, during the women's national team 
uh, winning the Soccer World Cup, which don't even get me started on Americans and sports. <laughs> Actually, no, I've started. Literally nobody in America cares about soccer. That's mostly but not entirely true. There is a minuscule percentage. No, 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 no. You're missing my point. My point was that when it's World Cup for the men, when it's World Cup for the men, or an American team like the women are doing well in something that isn't the World Cup or is the Women's World Cup, not uh, you. God, I'm going to get so many emails. You know what I'm saying here. Um, then suddenly the whole of America cares. Like if the women weren't doing well, nobody would have given a crap. But right. because well, they were is, doing well, the, you are kind of half making my point for me, which is that barely anyone in America p- p- uh, proportionally cares about football, soccer, soccer. Americans only care about soccer when it's a world championship and they are doing well. Yes. America, the amount of all of those people that tend to care about women's soccer is like another minuscule percentage. Oh, it's infinitesimal. But you guys are in the final, so we may as well shut down the country because you won. <laughs> because all I had on Twitter all day... And for the next day was how proud everyone was and how amazing... I mean, it was an incredible game. Like, just madness. Like, the the amount of goals scored and how it had broken records, and it was incredible. But it's just that whole, like, you know, American thing. But anyway, from that game, there was a gif of a ton of flag... Like, of a, it was a panning shot of the crowd. And there was a bunch of people waving flags. I'm not going to be able to find this, so you'll have to either remember or picture it. I'm not going to be able to find this. If you find it, Casey, then great. A bunch of people waving flags, and uh, then there was, as it went by, somebody dressed in a bald eagle mask with flags, like fist pumping, and it said something along the lines of... um, this is what the rest of the world's nightmares look like. <laughs> and I thought that that was so fantastic. But you, and I put it in the Slack room, but you couldn't get the joke, nope. which, was, which made the joke even funnier. I genuinely had no idea why that was a joke. I really didn't. And it was just so perfect. Just because we're enthusiastic about living in the greatest country in the entire world doesn't mean you have to be angry about it. <laughs> if you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, <laughs> uh, then you can go and head on over on the web to relay.fm slash analog slash 49. Uh, if you want to find Casey online, he is at C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S on Twitter. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Casey Liss. I'll see you later, Mike.